This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <whistles> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However... When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The holidays are near which means decorating season is here. Ready to style your space with the merriest furnishings and home decor of the season? Whether you have a new mattress or love seat on your wish list, Ashley has you covered when it comes to making your home magical for the holidays. With prices this good, you'll leave with some extra jingle in your pockets. Celebrate the magic of home. Visit an Ashley store near you or go to ashley.com to start shopping. Support for Do Not Scratch Your Eyes is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get 20% off plus free delivery with the code YOUREYES20 at manscaped.com. Football has been almost that beacon of light of hope in all of this where people have come together and you know they've been able to forget all of those things penalty that is a massive decision i'm with Gianfranco zola i feel that knockout is looking for this penalty 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 Listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. My name is Justin. And I'm disappointed. Yeah, we all are. We're all disappointed. What happened? Hey ho. Hey ho. Yeah, I mean, you were there, obviously, so you had a slightly different perspective to it than I did. My perspective was pretty much as soon as the final whistle went on that final penalty to go home, uh, feeling rather dejected, and I suspect the same thing for you, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, slightly slightly different in the sense of you couldn't get down Wembley Way for, for bodies. Yeah, it's always a pain anyway, any point, isn't it, trying really? to get down there? Yeah, it's a nightmare getting down Wembley Way. Yeah. Are they still at, doing at the, the whole shutting it off in sections thing for the... Yeah, so it was all in sections security bits and bobs as you go down because obviously all tickets are e-tickets now 
so they're, they're also do, you've got the covid um bits in there as well so the, the whole place was just jam-packed and there were so many fans there with who were just down there for the experience you know no problem with that added to that obviously unfortunately as it's all been well documented in the in the, in the media there's also a lot of people that weren't really interested in the football at all no. Yeah, yeah, looking at other things. I actually think that there's this, these these tournaments or these big events often bring out the worst in people. To be honest with you, I think it, not only the worst in people, it brings out the worst people. So you've got this toxic mix of already having wrongans there that aren't interested in football, more interested in being a pain, yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. not interested in watching any. Every every village has got its idiot, I, I think, and it, you know, and and that's that stems from with football clubs as well. We you know even at, even at Watford, we've got people that you know I've seen things in the way days. He's just really add to the fact that every club's version of that may have attended Wembley in, in, in you know in one time with without tickets and have come up and schemed to let's rush the stadium to, to, to break in so you saw um, some of that didn't you you saw some of the rush in the stadium didn't you yeah yeah it, it, uh, and it come out of nowhere really it was like a, a, a group of people who were one minute singing no problems went to walk up the stairs and then they've just bombarded the I think it was a gate that was left open or they were trying to they were doing some sort of security change right um with with the stewards who how can I put this diplomatically who are not paid enough to get involved in that amount of trouble you know I, um, I wouldn't be getting involved there was a lot of calls to do your job, do your job. I'll be honest, I'll, I'll be standing out of the way for, for what was coming their way. Mm. Um, you know, the unprecedented, really, the, the amount of um, abuse and violence that was probably thrown thrown towards them. And the whole atmosphere was toxic at the end. Thankfully, we we went, we walked away from the ground and we actually walked all the way up to Preston... Oh, Preston, Preston Road, Road Station. Preston Lane. Preston, Preston Road, Road yeah. yeah. Walked all the way up to Preston Road. And again, just to sort of get away from that, that main, that main body of uh, of people, but even at that station, it, it, just the atmosphere and on the train, just it, just people looking for trouble. It generally was, um, and yeah. it wasn't a nice nice atmosphere. And I, I was very relieved to walk through my front door. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently there was trouble in Watford last night in the town. Yeah, um, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I spoke to a friend of mine who lives uh, up up in Stafford, and he said they had chaos, chaotic scenes in the town centre. Yeah. So I think you know it wasn't just at, at, because it was at Wembley. I think I think there was a mix of we're out because of the COVID thing. We're now allowed out. There's a little bit of freedom. The 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 open the reopenings on the horizon. Yeah. Everybody's let their guard down. You yeah. know, face masks were non-existent. No. Um, you know, I intend to be doing. I intend to do a COVID test tonight because <laughs> uh, you know it, it just wasn't. It just wasn't. It was non-existent. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Look, I, I I love. I'm very passionate about watching England, as are other people. But I just think that there there was a lot of people there that just didn't give a toss about the football, and they wanted they wanted to cause this, and they you know they they succeeded. Unfortunately, I mean, there's another aspect of fans as well that that come around in international tournaments. And that's the person that doesn't watch football any other time of the year. But as soon as there's a mm. tournament on, suddenly they're a fan and an expert. Yeah. Um, I've had I've had to sort of unfollow some people during this period, shall I say, because the urge to go, I know more about macrame than you do about football as a response, um, <laughs> would lose me a lot of friends. However, there was a very good post on social media I saw, which was to all those people that watched the tournament and don't watch football the rest of the time, this is what the rest of us put up with, which is absolutely yeah. right. You've got the massive yeah, yeah, eyes, great. the crushing lows, um, but they don't normally come within a three-week period. It's normally over a season. No. 
it's, it's or a series of seasons. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's a little bit less intense. But um, yeah, I've never really got the idea of people that sort of oh, you know, only watch football at international tournaments. Why? It's the same game. It's the same players, really. You know, if you want to watch, if you're going to watch Spurs, what? you're going to see Kane, oh, and you're going to, you know, yeah. Why do you only watch it when it's international tournaments? I, I still really can't get my head around that either, to be honest. I'll be honest though, but here, here's the difference: is I only watch rugby when the Six Nations is on because I actually enjoy the tournament. But right. I, I don't class. I don't class. I watch it, but I wouldn't comment on who. If, if you ask me to name two England players in the England squad for rugby, I'd probably struggle. You yeah. know, I, I don't have a, an interest in it, but I like to watch it because it's. But it's, so the difference know, is though, you haven't suddenly become a, an expert. An expert, no. About, no. Oh, no, no, you no. know, I wouldn't be playing. What do you mean you wouldn't be playing? No. And it, it's you, you know th- those people that you're talking about are exactly the same people, and you bumped into them in the pubs or at work or whatever. And uh, who do you support? Oh, uh, Man United. Oh, right, okay. Uh, why is that? How many we, games you've been in? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. No, and, I, and I know your situation's slightly different because obviously your, your dad was a massive manager, but he went. Yeah, he went. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> he went. so that, that's fine. So you go, oh, yeah. okay. You know, I'd rather someone go, oh, support Scumfort United. Oh, right, where do you live down here? Oh, I moved down here when I was, yeah. okay. I've but got you that. Still, totally yeah. got that. But the thing is, when you lived in Stafford, you went and watched Stoke because A, it was nearer, I guess. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, love football, you didn't care. You was like, all right, I'll get to see football, I'll go and watch Stoke. And why yeah, not? and because it was the Midlands, I went to more away games because there were so many grounds dotted around the Midlands. Man, you know, so I actually saw Watford away more than I saw Watford at Vicarage Road. Yeah, um, that doesn't make you Watford... that doesn't make you a non-Watford fan, by the way. No, of course it, you not. You know, so but, you know, it was. I completely agree with what you're saying, though. I, I think you know, people that come on, and I've, I've had it recently. People that come on to, to Twitter and social media and oh, blah blah blah. You know, what what the. Where's that come from? You yeah. know. Presents! Oh, yes! Blissett! Hello, matey. You've been busy today, haven't you? Been crazy. Every time I turn on the telly or the radio, uh, we're now going to talk to ex-Watford and England player Luther Blissett. I'm thinking, he, he must have been <laughs> sat in that seat live from Buckinghamshire all day. And yeah, a bit us. mad today. Yeah. And, um, you know, the day after the disappointment of that as well, it's it's not, like, it's not ideal. You felt that it was there and they could have won it. Even, even on the penalties, they could have won it still. You know, it's again, it's just so close, but yet so far. It's one of those things. It happens, and you sometimes have to go through this a few times before you actually get the prize. It's happened with Spain, happened with France. Whatever, it's an you know, exciting so. young team, though, isn't it? It's got plenty to yeah. give still. That's, that's yeah, the way I'd got, look at it. Got acres to go. I think it's the young. It was probably the youngest squad at the entire competition. So it's mm. it's a big learning thing for them from this, and they should they should be even better for it. At the moment, the whole taking the knee and BLM thing is is blowing up. It's become a very divisive. You know, taking a knee to become very divisive. People don't really understand where, where it's all come from and what it all means. But the other, um, the other thing is that from yeah, what, what they, I've been... Sorry, Lufa, but from what I've been reading, it's kind of... They're sort of like calling out Pretty Patel and things because she's been saying, don't take the knee because um, it's, it's you know, devices or whatever. And then she's also saying, don't abuse our players. And most people are saying, we can't reconcile the two. Either you're saying, take the knee... Mm. But don't abuse our players, or yeah, that's narrow-mindedness, though, isn't it? It's narrow-minded, but that's the the, yeah. the thing. The thing about that is when when they say abuse the players, that's only about the racial abuse that happens, right? It's not about the fact that the player that that the crowd boo um, when the players take the knee. The, the two things, the two things are separate because by by what they're saying when they you know if they're saying that they're abusing the players by booing when they take the knee, they're accusing all those people of being racist. 
and they have no grounds to prove that or for me to say that yeah and um, the supporters as you well know you've been supported as well and follow the club up and down the country is if you don't like something you boo you know if you like something you cheer and and and, and you know and that's how it is so for spectators to be branded as being racist for booing the players taking a knee regardless of them saying they're doing it for this reason people are saying we've had enough of this now if we're going to do something let's do something that we all come on board with mm. and i think that is that is a far better way of dealing with the subject rather than rather than rather than some of the ways that some people try to deal with it true is it, is it not an argument as well for that clearly taking the knee hasn't been effective it hasn't oh. it hasn't achieved anything because we're still in the same situation as we were you know when it when it all started absolutely it's, it's happened it happened now would be what it's got to be coming on it happened been when they came back was when it was june was it june wasn't it when the players came back yeah yeah it's been it's been best part of 13 months since uh, since that happened and they took the knee for the first time the progress we've made we've seen we've seen progress has been made when it comes to the tv companies because you can see more diversity in the people now that they have on screen and you know it's gone right across the board with that so that's very good but when you my big thing with that still is what are all these football clubs who are saying yeah we want our play you know we're happy that our players are taking knee and whatever what are these football clubs all doing to um, to move diversity forward at their own place of work. You walk, you go into a football ground. Apart from um, waiters, people in Ivy's jackets, and people on security, where do you see people of colour working at many football clubs? And the place to start always is with your own, with the club that you support. Who do they employ? And in in jobs, do they have women as well in positions where they are really in a position of real authority and power? Well, I don't know the full ins and outs of the club, but I'm struggling to think of anybody, perhaps that I in know the management. on the board or the away, management. Come or... away from the come away from the coaching staff and all of that, Pete, and all that from the playing side. Yeah, I'm on about from the admin that actually run the day to day business of the club. Yeah, well, I can't I can't personally think of anybody on our board at Watford that would tick any of those particular boxes. Um, yeah, so no. Uh, and that's, that's the same question that's got to be asked at all the football clubs up and down the country. If clubs are truly supportive of this, that is somewhere they'll take action because if Sky, the BBC, ITV and all these people have actually taken action and are actually, you can see them doing something, what are the football clubs doing? On a slightly different note, why do you think this antisocial behaviour tends to lend itself to international football these days? Uh, and not so much club football. I mean, obviously there is antisocial behaviour at club football, but nothing to the scale of what we saw yesterday, you know, pre and post match. Why do you think it's sort of translated to international football, but it's kind of died away a bit at club level? I think a simple thing is at club level, you've only got two groups, you've got two clubs with two groups of supporters, and the elements that are disruptive in those clubs are usually a small minority you add those small minorities together of all the clubs in the country it suddenly becomes a much larger minority and i think that's the issue because then they probably egg each other on because in the end you know they were talking about you know there was england supporters fighting with england supporters well carl you were there yesterday what did you what did you see at wembley mate i mean where, where do you start with it there was um I did not see any fights between Italian and England fans. Uh, mm. The only things that, that I witnessed were 
England on England. You know, you add to the fact alcohol to the to the whole mix of it as well. I don't know. I I, I get a bit frustrated when and I and I saw something today on on Twitter which which riled me a little bit. And that was it was from a, a, a Watford supporter who said I've lost all faith in England fans because they're all because they're all idiots now. Put that in perspective for a second. They're not all idiots, no. and and I and I don't like the term football fans are racists. You know these people aren't football fans. They're, they're they've they're, gone there they're to fans and they're hooligans and they yeah are. they've gone there for a completely opposite reason that's to right. every to, yeah. to the football fans and mm. that's the problem. Football isn't racist and, and football hasn't got the problem. It's it's the it's, it's society, society that's got the problem. You know, and, and that and that's where we need to really focus our attentions. Football's just the the tool the that people that these are using. People get on board and, yeah. and and pedal whatever they want to do. They can. But football's just the, football's just the tool for them to do that and to be able to do that. And you you've almost got a, a, a situation where again there were so many people in and around Wembley with no tickets. They were just yeah. there to be part of that day. Probably haven't really got any focus on the football. Probably never even watched England in their lives. Calling them England fans is not right. It's not right. No, it's not right. but the they're trouble is they're wearing a they're wearing a white top with three lines on it when they're doing it. Yeah. So what else are you yeah, going to yeah. call them? I mean, you can't say. Well, I don't think you're yeah, really a fan. If you go back to if you go back to was it France, the World Cup in France or the Euros in France, whatever it was, when you had the Russian, yeah, the, the mob attacks in, were, yeah. yeah, were coming over and putting England shirts on and starting trouble all over the place to incite incite trouble. It happens. Yeah, it, it, unfortunately, we, we we are tarnished with it because of our our past and our and our and what's happened. It's even more reason why now that we need to be very mindful. And the majority of England supporters are law-abiding, decent people that go to enjoy their football and support their country. Yep. It's the ones that are doing it for the completely wrong reason. We infiltrate these areas and then kick off the trouble. Everybody gets tar- you know tarnished with that brush, and that's mm-hmm. and that's the big issue. I mean, obviously, some of the tweets that have been going to the England players are absolutely deplorable uh, yeah. despicable but obviously in your day shall we say it was more direct I guess it was you would have had it said to your face wouldn't you I would have thought these things rather than yeah you get it um, you, know, you get it at the football grounds where you were that's where you get all of this and, uh, without the likes of what Twitter is now so they can actually you can be sat at home watching a television and these things will pop up on your social media you know so they can get to you wherever which is why it's mm. such a an awful thing when people use it for bullying, and especially when they start bullying young children or other children use it to bully other children. That's where social media and the companies need to be better yeah. at policing all of that. Because if it was them losing revenue by something, they would sort it out very quickly. Yeah, well, that's true, actually. Yeah, so it's a financial it It's almost as if it suits them that all this goes on. Because, you know, there's always been spoken about and more people use it and, and whatever. So it it's, you know, why should they do anything about it? And they come up with all the nonsense, whatever. They have algorithms that can, you know, tell them where you shop, what your preference is and that sort of thing. And the days you shop, how long you shop for, all of these things and much, much more. Yeah. How can they not have an algorithm that says, that yeah, picks up on the words that people use and blocks it? And then those people get removed and they can never start another one because what they should do now is you should never be able to start and have a social media handle, whatever you want to call it, if you don't have ID. So you have a photo ID like your passport, driving license or something like that. So you know who that person is. And if something goes wrong, you can trace them and track them and you can sort it out. That's they're the sort of things that they need to do. Why should you, why should you be anonymous on a platform 
and you can use abuse and you know and peddle your bile to people yeah without people knowing who you are mm. that makes it, no sense to me it's cowardly it's the most cowardly act of of abuse and uh, that you know that i can think of and the the again uh, we, i know we've touched on it but the, the first thing because it's football footballers that are getting abused the majority it's football fans that are doing the abusing well again i, I don't think that's the case these these people aren't interested in in the sport we love they're, they're interested in getting under someone's skin and, and you know gal southgate said it himself today obviously the the it people like the fa and whatever have looked at certain things and they said a lot of it is coming from abroad a lot of the abuse in that is coming from abroad and yes we've got our fair share here so we have to we have to sort out our own problems here first because if we can minimize the, the issue here when it comes up, then you can point the finger directly at other people and say, we've sorted our shit out. Now I think you need to sort yours out. Well, the other thing I was going to say is I don't think it can be fans as such because I can't think of any club that hasn't got players of colour playing for them. So yeah. I can't think of any team that's exclusively a, a white team, if you like. So if you are racially abusing England players, what do you do when you go back to your club after international tournaments? Do you cheer on? your black players or do you do you abuse them because i don't think i don't hear very much racial abuse on the terraces anymore really yeah. i'm sure there is some perhaps yeah. i'm not seeing i, mean, I go back to the, i go back to the the incident when graham taylor took the microphone and and addressed the crowd at because wrote it in Notts county game all them years ago you know he said you know how do you think black players are wearing the yellow shirts feel mm. when they hear that not acceptable if you continue you'll be removed and never be allowed back in and that was when, Nine. 1970s he was doing that, was he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. drawn. You know, the, the perpetrators of it thought, best not do this anymore. Yeah, or I won't be watching so football. Went, it somewhere else. Yeah. Mm. So they knew it was not going to be tolerated, and that's the situation that we need to bring back everywhere in all of this. And so there needs to be punishment for the people that do it. Yeah. But you need to know who they are if you're going to do it. And if they are, if the algorithms they can put together can identify these words that they use, block them, and then they can ban these people and remove them from social media, then that's that's a start. Yeah, definitely. I think um, on a more positive note, shall we say, we did reach the final, which wasn't we expected, did. I have to say. I mean, I really didn't think we'd reach the final. I know you always thought we might win it, but I was always a yeah. bit kind of... Mmm. How do you take the, uh, the, the tournament as a whole? The tournament as a whole, I think, when you think of three weeks this tournament has been on, what it achieved in that time, every time England were playing, people would get home in front of the TV and watch it because that's the only place they could, that's the only thing you could do. You couldn't go to the games. So you could, you get home and you watched it at home or you watched it with friends somewhere. And in doing that, it brought the nation together on one court to support their national team. The tournament has done an amazing thing through a time when People have been separated and people have, you know, we've all lost loved ones and friends and all the awful things that this COVID brought. The football has been almost that beacon of light, of hope in all of this, where people have come together and, you know, they've been able to forget all of those things and remember the wonderful thing of football that they all love, the game that they all would love to play. And now they can go and watch it and watch it together and experience all the emotions that you go through in a football match, they can do it together. Yeah. And th- you, you can't beat that. Would have been nice if we'd won it, wouldn't it, really? It would have been amazing <laughs> if we'd won it. Oh, mate. That would have been pretty it's, good. Um, it's just an amazing thing. And you, I mean, on top of that, you know, you look at anyone that looks at those players when they take a penalty and what they see is a black player taking it or a whatever. Yeah. They are, they are, I'm sorry, but they are not football supporters. 
No. Because football supporters generally, what it is they support, they support the shirt. Exactly. Right? That's what they do. They support the shirt. And so you're wearing the shirt and you are just one of our players. You're yeah. not one of our black players or one no. of our white players or whatever. You're one of our players. And that is the big difference, I think, with football supporters. They only see the colour of the shirt that somebody's wearing. Well, indeed, I I was thinking he's young to be taking a penalty. (laughs) That was going through my mind. He's only just come on. Why is he? He's he's very young. Taking such an important penalty or whatever. You know, that's what it was like. It wasn't a case. Oh, there's Harry Kane. You know, he's now 27, 28 or whatever. And he's white and he's, you know, he's this and the other. It never even crossed my mind. It's quite Harry Kane, captain. He will, he's going to do the business. And that's as far as it, you know. Yeah, totally. And that's as far as it went. And I think it wasn't until I saw all this, I was like, oh, right. So some people had this slightly different agenda about all this, where they were going on about the colour of the skin. What? I'm devastated for him, actually, because he's such a talent. He's going to be such a such a terrific player, and you know, fair play to him. He had the the balls to go and take a you know a crucial penalty. Where I don't know how Gareth picks or how the how they were organising the penalty situation, but for me, I'd always want to, I'd always want the players to put their hands up to take one. Yeah, that's first, that's first and foremost. I mean, I would uh, you know, when it when it comes to penalty, you know, if they say you're going to take penalty, I'm like, do you know why? Chance to score a goal. Yeah. yeah. You're a goal scorer. You're a goal scorer, <laughs> that, aren't you? That's why. Whether, whether it's someone's ego or whether it's just in you, but you know, you think it's a chance for me to score another goal. Yeah. And you grab yeah, everything that comes your way. You know, you put yourself forward for it. Some players don't want to because it's not something that they're comfortable doing. You completely appreciate that. Yeah. And that, you know, in penalty shootouts, it could end up that all those players that aren't keen to do it might have to do it if everybody's scored. Yeah, exactly. up, you know, And then we start going through the players who are left. I was waiting for Pickford to take one. Yeah. Oh, I would, would not have been a worry. Goalkeepers, <laughs> you never worry about goalkeepers. They're some of the cleanest strikers of a football there is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, He's done it before as well. He can hit a ball, fair play to him. Yeah, He's yeah. done well. I'd like to actually single yeah, him out. Done. He's done really well. And I, I, I was concerned about him at the beginning. Yeah, I think we were. I mean, he only had that one game in the semis, wasn't he? When he had a bit of a wobble in the semi-final. Yeah, yeah. But apart from that, he has, he has performed really well. And the save he made of Jorginho's penalty was brilliant. Yeah, superb. You yeah. can see because he said to himself, you got this, you can do this before he did it. Yeah. You know, and he read it, pushed it onto the post and then and then claimed it. So, yeah, yeah. It, you know, Pickford, I thought, did really well. There's no one in that squad that you say that did not pull their weight or did not um, perform to a standard that, um, you know, we're all... Happy with, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Someone's got to win. Someone's got to lose. Yeah, exactly. And if it goes all the way to penalties and you lose it on penalties, you know the reality of it. It's not really a loss because penalties is the biggest lottery ever. Yeah, there's got to be a better. And they are they, they are the best team in that in that competition. I think their record speaks for itself. Is it? Yeah, 34, 34 games off the top of my head. I'm yeah, right. The only team, the only team that possibly could have beat them had they got a centre forward that was firing was Spain. Spain were the exception to all of that. And if Spain had been at a centre forward that was firing properly, Spain would have beaten Italy. Mm. And then I thought we'd have really had our hands full against the Spanish team because we know how good they can be. Yes. They can really keep the ball and pop keep it around the box until they open you up. You know, Spain have always been that team. So, um, Well, that was a great semi-final, wasn't it? Spain versus Italy. That was one of the best games of football I can remember for a long, long time. Brilliant game of football that was. Again, though... Spoiled by having to go to penalties, really. I just, yeah, it must be a better way of deciding a game than that. The thing is, it's got to be settled. Um, The golden goal goal is is a good one, but I think more to the point, what should happen is when you go into the extra time of a game, they almost should have 
the thirds of the pitch and you can't be, you know, you can't be defending on the edge of your box where you pack it and, you know, you get your lines up, whatever. You should have to then open the game up. You know, it literally should be, you've got to go for it to win it. You can't just sit back and soak it all up. Yeah. It's almost got to be that end to end. Did you ever, did you ever play, um, do you ever play six aside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a full I still, pitch. I still uh, run out now and again. On a full pitch. I, I, I did it when I was at school a few times and because we actually won it, I think, a few times. But it, it was just brilliant because then you're up against one person. When you're the centre forward, you're up against one man and they try and get a bit covered to stop them from getting the ball easy. But I tell you what, it's one of the toughest games you can ever play. As, yeah. You know, and it's the same, the rugby version as well. Right. Because to play on a full-size pitch with half the players that you should, <laughs> it's, it's really hard work. <laughs> Lots of space. And, you know, so, so it's almost a little bit doing that. And then almost what they should do is they almost pick numbers before the game and what happens if nobody has scored? What they do as the game goes on, the numbers they put is this, right? Those players are off, and you reduce oh the numbers, God. reduce wow. the numbers, wow. until the game gets settled. That's that's what they should do. That would make an interesting change from penalties. It would make brilliant. It would make brilliant viewing. You know, I've got to be- admit though, I do love it. I, and I have been on the the losing side, but the penalties they are dramatic they're really they're exciting in, I mean they I, are exciting I was on an impression yesterday that England would win it and mm. especially when they missed their first one you know we then took the lead and then they made it 2-2 and then we had the chance to go 3-2 up and if we had gone 3-2 up is it Rash, Rashford's penalty I think yeah. is the key one for me in fact yeah. it, was, it would have gone 3-1 actually wouldn't it yeah yeah. yeah. and it would have been over at 3-1 and I, I would have put my mortgage on Rashford burying that yeah because he, he, he did he did everything he's watching the goalkeeper the goalkeeper died and then he's Screwed it wide rather than just knock it into he the did. net. I couldn't believe what he did. You know, people say he does that, but that's what he does at every penalty he takes. Yeah. Like Jorginho does that every yeah. penalty he takes. Yeah. I don't know if I'm a fan of that or not. I, I prefer- I'm not I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. I just I just think to myself, there should almost be a rule that the penalty is you cannot stop once you set off. Yeah, once you set that. off, you cannot stop. Yeah, it's got to be a fluid motion. You have to. Yeah. It has to be a run at the ball, not a... Not a bloody, not a trot or whatever. You're going to run at the ball as you would do when you're going to strike the ball normally. Do you, do you remember? This is going back some time now. When when the kind of MLS started taking off and they did run from the edge, run from the penalty centre spot. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah. Do you yeah, remember, remember that, that, Justin? I do remember that, yeah. 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 They well, used to run from the centre spot and basically yeah. one-on-one with the keeper. <laughs> yeah. Chaos. I do remember that. It's almost like the <laughs> half-time shootout. Yeah. yeah, it was bonkers. It's a brilliant way to do it. And it's more it's more real than penalty. Yeah. 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 A single yeah, yeah. shot from twelve yards. Yeah. But it still it still tests the same thing, doesn't it? Nerve, yeah. accuracy. So it still tests everything that, that you would yeah, consider to be important it does. as a penalty. But the only difference about that, it gives you a proper match scenario to score the goal. Whereas a penalty is not. Yeah. Penalty is a free shot. This gives you a real opportunity to run it, and you need then you need you pick different players. It wouldn't be somebody who can just blast the ball here and there. You pick yeah. people that can run with the ball quickly, keep mm-hmm. it under control, and then they have to beat the goalkeeper somehow when they get to the other when they get to the goal. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I think that's madness. Yeah. That was... that's, that's, an, that's another way they could do it. Well, you know, there we are. I think it, it's always a lottery, isn't it? I can't remember us ever really been very successful at penalty shootouts. I know we were in the 2018. We, we've now got the worst record, haven't we? Have we really? Oh, that's a depressing. We've got the worst record at losing at um, a penalty shootout. Damn, that's really depressing. Well, we've, got, we've got to be good at something. Well, yeah, we're number one at that. Well, you know, as I say, also, uh, I think a, a mention has to be made to the events that were being held at number eight, uh, formerly the Red Lion, that uh, we were involved in with yourself. I think they were great fun to be involved in over the uh, the campaign. Last night was 
rocking. I thought, was... last, I thought last night was a great finale to the way to the whole thing. Yeah, it was. it was a finale. Absolutely. Yeah, you were leading the singing, of course. Uh, I didn't film it, unfortunately, so no one will get to see that. That stays oh. in the pub loofer, I'm afraid. <laughs> you might be pleased <laughs> to know. Uh, but yeah, no, they were great events, and um, yeah, it was lovely seeing it on the big screen with fans. It was nice it was nice it was it kind of made it uh, a little bit more special than sort of just staying at home and watching it having that sort of yeah well, the thing is you, you know we've spent so much we spent a year watching football in your living room or in your kitchen or wherever you sat and watched it yeah. on your own with maybe one or two other people yeah if they were interested in it yeah. and that was it but you know the thing about the thing about football is you go to the game and the game yes is the centerpiece of the whole thing it's meeting up with your mates yeah and your friends and enjoying that social and the banter that you do when you get together before the football starts. Yeah. You know, that is a major part of it. And then that banter goes on during the game, regardless of whatever else, you know, because it's not a great game. Then, you know, there's more of it goes on and loads of stuff goes on and you have a little bit of sing song, you know, the tennis against the opposition and that sort of thing. So it's, it's the whole experience of a match day rather than just the game. And I think that's what's really been missing. And we, we brought just a little bit of that back. We did by by doing those events. Yeah, it's good fun. It was really good fun, and um, thank you for uh, asking us to be involved in it because it was genuinely good fun. It was, you know, for anyone who told me sort of this time last year. Well, what's going to be happening during the next tournament is you're going to be sitting in a pub with Luther the Blissett, and um, you're going to be sharing chips with him at one point, and uh, <laughs> you're going to be you're going to be scampy. I nicked the scampy. Nicked a bit of scampy. <laughs> I was just like, I'd have gone. What are you talking about? So um, absolutely fantastic. Uh, real honour to be involved in that. It was good fun. I really enjoyed. It. Thank you for uh, working with us and vice versa. You know, because I think we've got a, you know, I think we've got a chance to do something really special with this, with this, yeah. As we move forward, because Definitely. you know, I think too many of these podcasts, you know, they tend to be so radical about the things they do. Mm. Well, you know, there's good balance I think, in what what you guys do, as I said, which is why you know, I'm very happy to be a part of it. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, we, we try our best. <laughs> we try doesn't our best. come more of a recommendation than that, does it? Eh? It doesn't, no. See you soon, mate. Yeah, boys. Ta-da. Take it easy. Top man. Cheers. Ta-da. Hi, everybody. This is Ian Bolton, and I'm proud to be on uh, Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. All good then, mate. So looking forward to the start of next season, which will be, what, sort of four weeks away, I think we decided, wasn't it? So not far Yeah, now. four weeks. Pre-season starts very soon. So looking forward to that. Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be able to see a couple of games, see the boys and the uh, and the new signings that are coming in. So yeah, yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Exciting stuff. We're talking to Peter Taylor, the Mayor of Watford, very, very soon. So listen out for that one. And uh, then Nigel Gibbs, is he? Uh... Yes, uh, to be confirmed. To I, be confirmed. I need to get back onto Nigel. But yeah, we'll, we'll have Nigel at some point. Okay, so if you've got any questions for Nigel as well, make sure you send them over and we'll include the best ones as usual. In the meantime, look after yourselves. We'll be back very, very soon. See you later. See you later. Get 20% off and free delivery with the code YOURIS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free delivery at manscaped.com. And use the code YOURIS20. Your balls will thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. 
If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.